Avast, me pod bod hearties, it's Blackbeard Ben Shires here, welcoming you aboard the good ship HMS Dave Weekly. Now, as official first mates, I would of course have invited you to the official naming ceremony, but I got a little ahead of myself and might have drunk the champagne before I'd had a chance to crack it against our notional bow. So instead, you'll just have to take sucker from our spacious decks, generous allowance of complimentary shower caps and lashings of comedic bounty. And what treasure we have buried in today's unsinkable episode, with the reigning wrangler of random Ross Noble dropping by for some spontaneous speech, Hollywood A-lister and now darling of the West End Warwick Davis humouring us in his dressing room, and Israel's answer to Lady Gaga, Maytel Dohan, in a booking that was as surprising to her as it was us. So splice the main brace, hoist the rigging, and get ready to giggle with a gargle of comedy grog. Or something like that. To be honest, even I've lost my thread, but I did drink drink a lot of champagne. Anyway, first here's Ross Noble and a nautical but nice greeting. Ross Noble, hello. Welcome to the Day hello. Weekly. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I like the way you waved at me. Well, I know people are only listening to this, but yeah. I thought for our benefit... Well, also, we're only two foot away from each other as well. That's true. It I should have the... just reached out and touched you, shouldn't yeah. I? Because, hello, I, I like thought it. I was trying to be... It's, yeah. it's almost got a, I, I don't know, sort of a nauticalness to it. I don't know why I was channeling that. Yeah. No, I like it. Yeah. I like the inappropriate use of gesture. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in proximity. Yeah. yeah. I'll be responding to all of your questions with semaphore flags. <laughs> Please but I'll be do. holding them very close to you. There's few guests who'd have the uh, the foresight to turn up with them, but luckily... I do, I bring... Got your collection. Yeah, exactly, yeah. They go with you everywhere, I imagine. I'm doing some... Uh, I'm doing a podcast for the Navy straight <laughs> afterwards. But their studio is unfortunately based out on a ship. Oh. Yeah, and they won't... They can't... The jetty that I uh, use on a regular basis too small for them to dock. So we've just, we've, I've made it easy for them by using the flags. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. some people, dullards, pedants, would say that the use of semaphore over a podcast, an audio medium, <laughs> wouldn't necessarily translate. Yeah, but you but... tried telling that to Lord Nelson. <laughs> exactly. That's how exactly. he got his message across. The problem with Nelson was, is that he could only use one semaphore flag. That's true. Because of his bung arm, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the eye as well, I imagine. Perspective for him was all... For him, it was basically just waving one flag. <laughs> people thought he was surrendering he was actually trying to say I'm going to make you surrender but he missed off the, that uh, arm there the mm. first arm the, bit that, the flag that said I'm going to make you he didn't have that mm. so it was just him saying surrender that must have been just thinking through the logistics of that I don't know quite how semaphore works but like I imagine that uh, each person represents a sentence strand you can't have two people coming together because then you would think they were like you know, if you got two text messages from two different people, you would think they were two text messages. You wouldn't think to put them together because someone doesn't have the ability to form a whole text message. And surely Semaphore was based on text messaging. So It was. Yeah. It was very much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the FFS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was called. Flag, flag, Semaphore. <laughs> and then MMS is, uh, stands for message, message, someone. <laughs> you know, my granddad... Uh, what does it stand for? Uh, it's... Oh, message. It's, it's not message, message. Is it like mobile messaging service or something like that? Is it? No, it's SMS. It's... it's, it's uh, Oh, MMS is picture message, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, SMS is... It's something messaging service, I think. Uh, but anyway, my granddad still, when he mm. texts me, he said, did you get my SMS that I sent? <laughs> Who says SMS? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, but he yeah. still uh, he also when he leaves me a voicemail le ends every message by saying end of message, 
Brilliant. Which, you know, you would have thought the lack of speech <laughs> would have signified I'm, that. I'm going to start doing that on the phone. I'm going to start talking, and then when I finish the sentence, I'm going to go, over. <laughs> <laughs> I've just thought of something, actually. Sorry. A journalist asked me a question earlier, and I was trying to rack my brains, and I've just thought of something. You thought so, of the answer in yeah. a different interview. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you give us yeah. it anyway? That's... It was when I was in the back of an ambulance, and somebody asked me to do that. That's the answer to the question. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the back of an ambulance. There this, you go. I've, I've quickly realised the, the one downfall of a backwards interview is yeah. when you just get the answer, I've got to think of a question now. <laughs> yeah, but that's quite good because then you could actually twist that to, you know, if I said, you know, if I said like, I don't know, say, um, if I said, you know, a donkey on stilts, <laughs> you could basically, you could then edit in your question in fact, you could just take my answers. I'd say, oh, yeah, donkey on stilts, you know, pertaining to something completely different. You could then go away and then re-record your questions. I think we should do and that. And say, if you were going to have relations with an animal in yeah. a circus, what would it be? Yeah, well, our day. editor, Alex, is currently licking his lips in anticipation at this does job. Does he get hot over circus donkeys? He does, he does. Yeah. Actually, I think the question I'll ask is, Ross, describe your first girlfriend, please. Right, and then we'll just yeah, we'll slip that good. in, yeah, and you could and say, you and and then you have me saying back of an ambulance, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's you like, made me do a hawking <laughs> impression. <laughs> it was uh, oh no, I thought like you know you say she looks like the back of a you know back end of a bus, yeah, but you know she's very pale. Back girl. end of an ambulance does she's, that mean she had writing on her face, but it was backwards? Yeah, uh, I saw. I don't know if if this is something that you condone, but you've been described as a compliment as a demonic scarecrow. Yeah. Is that yeah? Is that I, a good thing? I can live with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's certainly certainly very apt. Yeah. Yeah. Wurzel yeah. Gummidge on a bad day. Exactly. Wurzel Gummidge rises from the dead. <laughs> yeah. Do you get many of these? I met kind Una of... Stubbs in the street. Oh really? Yeah. I was walking down the street. Una Stubbs coming the other way. She went, "Oh hello, I like <laughs> you." And I went, "I like you too." And nice to meet you. No. Did she gravitate yeah. towards you because of a scarecrow I connotation? Think, uh, I, you know what? I, I didn't think of it up until now, but maybe she's her uh, eyesight's going and <laughs> she literally thought it was Wurzel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is it an apt description though? Do you often find yourself surrounded by crows or not? Um, I Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because the uh, I've often thought that, you know the film The Crow? Mm -hmm. I often thought that film would have been much better if they'd have just had like a stick with a pumpkin on it and a hat and he's trying to you know he's all moody around the streets and everything and then every now and again he looks across and goes oh my god oh god oh god and they're just going there's a down for there's a there's a problem isn't it you might be a badass but you're scared by like just an old yeah. mac and a pumpkin yeah. head you know yeah exactly we yeah. found his kryptonite <laughs> exactly yeah it's a basic scarecrow structure yes yeah i find it quite interesting how uh, other people like to create little epithets to remember sort of well-known people by like that kind of the scarecrow thing and you kind of you know being described as a randomist as well because mm. well i came up with that That's, but i think it's quite yeah. interesting that people have taken what is a great word random i think yeah and and sort of twisted it to be the opposite of random as i understand it i don't know if yeah. you're aware of this kind of 
the way that it's been manipulated on things like social networks, particularly now, or in just everyday speech. But I think the word random, to me, is extremely suggestive of what you do, right. which is kind of spontaneity, plucking things out of thin air, weaving them into sort of quite sort of uh, you know elongated narratives. Yeah. To me, though, people are using random now to describe things that really aren't random. Like when people say, oh, my God, just ordered a pizza, random. Oh, yeah, that's not. That's, no, that's not yeah. random. You probably had a pizza menu. You had to make the phone call. There was very few elements of that which were random. Yeah, true. If you were sat in your house and a pizza just came through the window <laughs> and just hit you in the face, mm. that's a bit random. Yeah, isn't it? exactly. You know? Who's playing Frisbee with a pizza? Yeah, it just arrived. Yeah. Or if you, uh, or if you opened your door and called your cat and somebody had tied a pizza to its back <laughs> that's pretty random some kind of rudimentary mac on a rainy day yeah just like a, if it had like the pizza like balanced on its back you know and then tied off like maybe it's an elastic band around the back legs and then the rest tied to the collar so it's steady you know, so it's like flat, mm. and then just some drinks placed <laughs> on the back. And I mean, the cat just came in. That sounds quite tortuous for a cat because I imagine a pizza would be quite tempting. Yeah, but it can't turn its head round far <laughs> enough to eat it. Constantly trying to chase its own pizza back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why they chase their tails because, in like you know, through evolution, they got used to turning around to eat the pizza. Maybe, and then maybe the pizza that's... falls off, and they just keep doing it. Anyway, they don't chase the tails; though, that's dogs. That's dog. But maybe, maybe. And that's... also, the the cat would jump over walls. It wouldn't come back. Like basically, the the floor in the <laughs> cat pizza delivery system is that as soon as it went up the wall, the pizza box would open oh. and the thing would fall you out. Got topping seepage yeah. all sorts of problems but how about this you tie an unleavened pizza dough onto the do uh, the back of a dog right that chases its tail trying to get it in turn creates some kind of centrifugal effect. force all of a sudden you've got your pizza base that's yeah well like when they spin it on their hands <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It just for moves the lazy out. italian that's a classic way <laughs> yeah. of creating a pizza oh yeah there's many a many a dog has been trained yeah. by the, the Italian. I think there's a few in Pompeii actually that you can still see in the act of. Yeah, the trouble is, it's so much effort to train the dog. <laughs> it's just like yeah. it's two campaigns working against yeah. each other. I know. Yeah, that's the problem the Italians have. Yeah, exactly. And also, I often think you know because the Italians are very expressive with their hands, aren't they, when they're talking? And I think the only reason they came up with the pizza was because they were they were just doing that anyway. Trying to make your average bread loaf, yeah. and all of a sudden they've got into a conversation. Exactly. It's like, ah, oh, I don't want to eat. I don't Yeah. And it was meant to be a Hoover's advert. Yeah. But instead, yeah, if there'd been like a small Italian community in Yorkshire, then Hoover's would have been a pizza company. Yeah. God knows what, what kind of devastatingly elongated conversation led to pasta then. Spaghetti oh. that's just been strung oh. out over eons of conversation. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. well, there's the Italians for you. Exactly, we've covered them. Exactly. Which nationality uh, yeah. is next? <laughs> well, let's talk about the British, because you've met a lot of them uh, uh -huh. doing a new series. That was a beautiful segue. Oh, thank that you. That was proper... <laughs> Yeah, I uh, thought I was on local BBC radio. Yeah, that was beautiful. I know, we just slipped into yes. it, didn't we? Yes, the TV series that is being broadcast on October the 29th. Very good. 10 o'clock oh. on the channel, Dave. 
It's weird because people in this country know it's called Dave. Mm. You try explaining to Americans, Australia, anyone outside the UK, oh, you got a new show? Yeah, it's on Dave. <laughs> what? They think it's just like, they think it's just like a bloke. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. that's like for me, kind of trying to explain to my parents what my job is. Right. I work for Dave. That's like, yeah. right, okay, and who's he? What's what about the... poor old Dave Gorman? He's got his yeah. show going out at the moment. I've made a show for Dave. But what? Are you talking about yourself? I know, it's like he went on a quest to find other Dave Gorman. It's like, know, exactly. He's, he's completely it, always yeah. contrived <laughs> by the, his own name. Yeah, although to be fair, if there was a channel called Ross, it would be a very, very, very specific channel. It would basically be uh, the showbiz correspondent for Daybreak... Ross King, yeah, um, Ross Kelly, yeah, who used to be the presenter of GMTV. <laughs> Ross Kemp, there'd be a bit of gang warfare. Gang, there'd be it would be gangs, Camp Showbiz, uh, me, and uh, the king of light entertainment, Jonathan Ross. Yeah, but Does he's, he qualify? he's a Jonathan. Re- yeah, I suppose he could. <laughs> but, yeah. Let him in through the back door. Yeah, yeah, he could, and uh, all sponsored by Frozen Peas. <laughs> yeah. So yes, the show, yes, called Freewheeling. And it's on the Dave. It's on the Dave. I always call it the Dave. Um, that helps. It yes. helps us to know who we are. Yeah. It's on the Dave, and it's, uh, it sounds like a thing like, you know he's on the Dave, don't you? <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it's a show. Oh, God, how do I describe it? It's, it's, uh, it's basically, it's a television show where, unlike all other TV shows where it's planned, I basically have a film crew and I just make up the show as I go along. And the way that I decide uh, where I should go and what I should do is I just throw it open to my Twitter followers. Mm. So I just say, what are you doing? What's happening? And they tweet back and say, I'm up, I'm doing this. I'm having a go at that. This is what I'm doing. And I go, right, I'm coming. And then I travel there and then I arrive. So, so Twitter is sort of the key that opens the door. And then I get there and then meet the person and go, right. And then I just make up the show as I go along. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds brilliant in its simplicity. <laughs> but what I love about it is, it, I think, you know, having seen you do a lot of stand-up and always enjoyed the kind of uh, spontane- spontaneity, the improvisation element, yeah. you kind of think, how could that possibly translate to a TV show where it's, it's governed by execs who need schedules and plans and yeah, scripts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet somehow it does. It's like your stand-up, it, it but, translated into but, that. But, and again, I am aware that this is a Dave podcast <laughs> and I'm sitting in the Dave suite in Dave Towers <laughs> and at the risk of uh, sounding like I'm fawning about Dave, I genuinely believe that this show could only have been made by Dave, mm. there's very. I mean, well, it could have been made by anyone, but in the the the. the so there we go. Um, <laughs> no, no. Point no, defeated, no, yeah, Ross. Yeah. Aha, Mister Noble. <laughs> where do you? What say you now? <laughs> oh no! I think that there is, there are very very few places where the 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 powers that be would go. You know what? This show. Is I think there's lots of TV channels that would go, oh, this is a great idea for a show. But in order, like, because it's none of it's faked. Mm. This is the thing. None of it's pre-planned. What you see on, you know, when a tweet comes in, that's the tweet coming in. When I go to the place, that's me. Go, you know, when I walk, when I knock on someone's door or I walk in somewhere, 
that's not the third time I've done it. Yeah. They don't know that, you know, like literally the show is unfolding as I'm doing it. And there's very few places where people have got, you, you know, telly's risk averse, you know, they just, they don't want to take a risk on, mm. you know, something not being planned. So there's very few places where the powers of be will go, you know what, this show is going to be better if you do it properly. So go on, there's the there's the film crew, there's your, do it, and then, you know, and that's, it's been brilliant. It's like, the, the show could have been, it could have been a real sort of watered down, oh, we'll sort of do it, but not quite commit to it. Mm. But, you know... Mr. Dave, I still haven't met Dave himself. <laughs> he's very he's, elusive. He's very. He creeps very. about the place at night. He's got yeah. a wing. He's got his own uh, flat on the roof. <laughs> um, you know, and so, so from my point of view, it's the sort of thing where, you know, I think a lot of people think that I'm sort of anti-telly because I sort of I do bits of telly, but I've always been, you know, I've been very picky and I just sort of don't do that much. You know, I sort of do, although thanks to Dave. It appears that I'm on all the time. Yeah. So there's one thing. Got you on to, rotation. Oh Ross. yeah, because thanks to QI and have I, I visited QI and have I got news for you? They're the only panel shows I do. I do them like you know, I do a couple of QIs and a, a couple of have I got news a year. That goes from four or five appearances a year to like I'm on every other day. Yeah. So you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, how it should be. It's a delicate, yeah. you know, it's an interesting one, but. Yeah, the fact that to to commit to going, you know what, D- you know, do it, do it the way it should be done, and you know, and I think, well, you've seen the show. It's like, yeah. I think it comes. I think you can tell. It suits your style. I think that's the really interesting thing. And there's so many things on there which I don't think you'll ever have seen on TV before because <laughs> yeah. it's not been controlled or constrained yeah, yeah, yeah. by any script or any what, planning. What you're saying is that I run with. Even the bad ideas yeah. I commit to. Yeah, but, yeah, you go whole hog yeah. on those. Uh, well, and, and that's what I love about it. It's like, at least you go down in flames rather than yeah. with a whimper. I mean, there's a bit where that you have uh, what I consider to be TV's first preach-off about the Pet yeah. Shop Boys' morality. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most joyous things I've seen on telly well, in telly a long, goes. long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really good. A hate-filled... Uh, he was a street preacher, and yeah, I was decided to g- grab his Bible, and oh well, he gave it to me. I didn't grab it, and I said, "Can I have yeah. a go?" So I'm preaching away, having a go at being a street preacher, and then yeah, he just starts seeing how the pet shop boys are going to burn in hell because they sleep with men, mm. and I was pointing out that you know, if two fellas want to get it on, then you know that's all fine. Yeah, and we just go backwards and forwards, and and actually, at the end of the day, it still wasn't. You know, I walk away from it going, let's beg to differ. Mm. You know, you think anyone gay should burn in hell, <laughs> and I think you're full of hate, and, you know, you should lighten up a bit. But, hey, that's life. And he goes, all right, we'll beg to differ. Yeah. And it's so even though he is, you know, filled with hatred and, and, you know, is nothing but, you know, a horrible individual... You know, at the end of the day, we'll go, you know, it's all it's all very pleasant. And you go, all right. Yeah. All, you know. Hey, man, this is just my job. Are you still filming or is it is it done now? No, we're all done and dusted now. Yeah. Would you so. like to do it again? Yeah, I would actually. Yeah. If we do it again, I've sort of got a few ideas of how we can sort of push the bar a little bit, can kind of push the envelope, raise the bar, push the envelope, <laughs> how we can raise the envelope in a bar. 
Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so I've, I've sort of got, I've got some ideas how we can, yeah, we can go a bit further. But, <laughs> yeah. Excellent. And well, I'm convinced that Dave will go, you know what? It worked the first time. I will not stop until I bring this channel down. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of your finished plot. Yes. All right, I'm going to wave now. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, it's lovely to speak to you, Ross. Thanks Bye. for getting involved. Bye. Bye. Just another normal conversation with Ross Noble, as you always get with that man. Next up, it's Warwick Davis making his West End debut in a Monty Python-inspired show. And let's just put it this way, he's been getting a lot of unwanted emails about it. He's been getting a lot of spam. Yeah, it's spam a lot. Warwick Davis, welcome to the Dave Weekly. Thank you very much. It's great to have you. Listen, a man who starred in some of the most successful franchises that I've ever known, Harry Potter's, the Star Wars, the Doctor Who's, and now the Dave Weekly's. It just all makes sense. It does. Is this the pinnacle of my career right here? <laughs> yeah. You tell me, sat in your own dressing room, after a performance, speaking to me, I think so. I know. I just want to say to the, the listener out there, he's very well <laughs> dressed. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to presume, we, you know. Both my parents listen, Warwick. That's at least two. I would like to say to your parents how well-dressed you are and how well they brought you up. You're wasted on the radio. Well, I'm waistcoated on the radio, and that's what should be referenced here. It's a, it's a dashing Regency number, I'm sure you'll agree. Good work. I like that. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, I was actually extremely impressed, because we, we should mention, first off, I've just watched you in Spamalot, the Monty Python show. You're playing Patsy very, very well, I might add. But I've seen you twice in a week. You might not have seen me, but we were both at the same party this time last week, the Guinness World Records book launch. Were you there? Yeah. <laughs> I just pulled this, uh, this dagger out of my front. Yes, I was there. I was, yeah, obviously, you know, we were there together, but not together. No. You arrived with your family. Yeah. I arrived alone. Um, that was a, quite a frightening party. As soon as I arrived, they put a sort of boa constrictor around my neck and maybe stand on a woman who was laid on a bed of nails. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever been to. And then I started throwing lemons at somebody who was blindfolded. Yeah, the fact that you're still here shows my boa constrictor plan didn't work. <laughs> Thank you very much, indeed. All right, so let's talk about Spamalot, because it's a brilliant show. I have seen it twice before, yes. but uh, this was... I've actually... I think the key to comedy is obviously timing and that you, you haven't heard things before. It's a surprise. And yet, mm. having heard all those jokes, they were funnier this time, genuinely, than I've heard them before. That's uh, good. I mean, how is that? It's, it is all about timing. You've, you've hit the nail on the head there. It's about the pauses and the... It's it's nuanced comedy, is you know. It's, it's even though you're in a big environment like a like a theatre here, it's the slightest little thing, a little look with your eyes. I'm surprised how it reads. You know, it's some some of it's actually like television acting, even though you're on stage. Um, is that why? Because I saw you like calling for tea breaks during that, and you were getting makeup done mid set. That was weird. Now, I wasn't. I'm the consummate <laughs> professional here, and I'm in awe of everyone else here who's so brilliant. And, you know, they've welcomed me into the, the company. Because, of course, you know, I'm not opening the show per se. You know, I'm coming into a show that's been running for, for, for many years now. And, um, uh, you know, I've been welcomed into it. I feel a bit like the new boy at school at the moment, mm. you know, starting halfway through the term. But, um, yeah, they're showing me the ropes, and uh, it's all going well. And you're climbing, climbing, aren't you? You're really getting up there and, and doing the stuff. I mean, I mean, it was your first night tonight, but yeah. it didn't look like a first night performance. It felt like a performance that was, you know, it it had things. It was nuanced. It was you oh, were enjoying it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a, a pretty steep learning curve. I'll be I'll be honest with you, but um, you know, a challenge that I wanted to take on, and uh, 
and and I appreciate you saying that. You know, it was uh, it, it was a good it was a good night actually, and um, yeah, I just kind of want to build on the on the success of it, and that's what you have to do. You you find stuff that works, stuff that doesn't work, and you you tweak and adjust, and and that's what makes it so fresh every night is is the kind of adjustment that you can make, and just to see if a little extra pause there or move there will make something funny or or not. You know, mm. I mean. Am I right in thinking that this was your West End debut? It is indeed. It is indeed. Yeah, uh, and, and I've never been offered anything before. And it's what was so lovely about this. Not only was it in one of my favourite shows, and you know Monty Python, I absolutely love all of their stuff. But it was not to do with my height. You know, I, I'm I'm playing Patsy, and it's nothing to do with being short. Mm. You know, some humour comes from the fact that I'm short, but that's just incidental. It's 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 always been in the show. Those moments have. But me being short actually can make things funny or make something funny that isn't normally. But the reason I'm in the show is, you know, because I'm an actor and they wanted me to come and do this job, you know. And, uh, you know, I don't profess to be a singer or a dancer and I, I've had to learn all of that. And, you know, that's been uh, quite a challenge. But uh, with, with all of that stuff, especially the singing, you, you sort of have to take a leap of faith and just do it. If you hold back, it kind of doesn't work. You just have to go... Well, the MD says I can do it, and so I'm going to do it. And, and you just do it, and, and it kind of happens. And, yeah. Uh, well, I think that's a great yeah. tip for anyone losing their West End virginity. Just take a leap of faith and do it. Yeah. Just, just do just it. Just do it. I think you'd be good in the West End, actually. Are you sort of look like you could be in the West End? <laughs> I think that's a compliment. I'm taking it as such. Now, listen, you yes. get your hands on some great big nuts in this show. Uh, coconuts, to be precise, just you in were. case there's any kind of misinterpretation there. Uh, but you, you kind of play the, the horse, coconut-y, yeah. clop stuff. Yeah. That's quite cool. Does that take a lot of technique? It does sometimes because you've got music playing and sometimes that throws your, your clopping rhythm a little bit because there's a very specific... Oh. And then if if the if the music's going, it can sometimes throw you off a little bit. Who and I've actually where have they come from? He was uncanny, wasn't it? And and actually, I've cracked my nuts at the moment during that show. <laughs> I noticed the tone of them changed, and I was like, "What's going on with these?" And I noticed there's a hairline fracture running through nearly right the way around one of my nuts. I had a friend um, who had that, but you can still operate with one, so it's fine. Yeah, but it sounds different now. I'm going to have to have them replaced for the next show. There is a spare pair hanging. Uh, in the, in the downstage wing, ready for uh, you know, ready for any any problems like that. I believe that Hitler's got one bouncing around the Albert Hall. If you uh... <laughs> good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, I've got some great facts about coconuts for you, just in case you want to widen your anecdote repartee. Hit me with them. Yeah. So coconuts. There's uh, there's a place in the Philippines that derives a vodka from coconuts, which is it's pretty potent, eighty to ninety percent proof. This is absolutely true, and coconuts are uh, coconut water. Have you seen coconut water? It's really big at the moment. Lots of people selling coconut water. Yeah, it's because it, it, it's uh, it acts like the uh, the body's like the the blood that hydrates you, oh. so it actually can take away a hangover as well. So it's one of the only things that could give you a hangover and then take it away. Can I just say again, listener? He just did that without looking at any notes. He's actually committed <laughs> those facts to memory. That's quite sad. I'm a coconut expert. People call me in dinner parties. Them and pineapple. I've got so many pineapple facts, Warwick. Have you? I yeah. like pineapple. Aren't they great? Hit me with a pineapple fact then, quickly. In the 18th century, they were so uh, popular, but so hard to come by, that people used to hire them and wear them to parties as a necklace. <laughs> what, an actual 
pineapple. Yeah, not like the ones in chunks, that wouldn't work. But no. yeah, you'd put a string around the pineapple and you'd wear it for the night. And then after it went mouldy, people still wouldn't eat it. It was so like reviled as this kind of wonder fruit because they never made it back over from wherever they were oh, growing because it's just too tasty. Have you ever played that game where you cut the top of a pineapple, put it on the dinner table and then have to guess how many leaves there are on the top? No, I grew up with the internet. <laughs> no, it's, it's lovely. A little after dinner thing, you have some slices of fresh pineapple and then you play the game where you guess how many leaves. Because it's surprising. There's more than you think. Oh, that's... <laughs> there's lots of little ones sort of lurking. You go one, two, and you're like, oh, well, there's more. And everyone around the table is in sheer delight. You sold it. I can just imagine that, like, so you and George Lucas sat around and we've discussed Star Wars to death. What can we do? Pass me a pineapple. <laughs> it is. It's fun. Try it. Yeah. Seriously, you won't look back. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> One more thing, because this really excited me, um, is that I've got you in my pocket at the moment. Have you? Yeah. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> you got Pocket Warwick. I've got Pocket Warwick. Your own app, which is like, it's like basically you as a Tamagotchi. I'm there. I'm living in your electronic handheld device aren't I yeah which mostly lives in my pocket which is an unusual place to have you but yeah it's great I've fed you uh, turns out you like toast and tea I uh, do well actually when I when I devised the game it had to have all of my favourite foods so you won't find any foods in there that I don't personally eat and the chocolate biscuits which are free in the game you know you don't have to buy them with your in-game currency mm. uh, they just uh, there's an endless supply of them I've noticed <laughs> Does that happen in the in the real Warwick Davis household? Well, there, there is a lot, but I'm trying to I'm trying to give them up actually. You know, I, I we all eat too much fat and chocolate and stuff, and I, I'm I, although I absolutely adore them, I'm trying not to eat them at the moment. Speak for yourself, Warwick. All I eat is pineapple. Do you? You got to watch your acid levels. <laughs> That's true, and it makes things taste funny as well. I'll just leave it at that. Um, the other last thing, the very last thing I wanted to mention is that you are one of two Star Wars actors in the West End at the moment. Who else is... James is, Earl Jones is, is in Much Ado About Nothing with Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah, there's, uh, the force is strong in the West End at the moment. It is, isn't it? I yeah. bet he sounds lovely through a radio mic on stage. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he does. Lovely Booming. voice. He doesn't even need a microphone, does he? No, exactly. He's got, like, vocal syrup in there. Oof. I mean... Lovely. Uh, yeah, lovely do you, do you two meet up at the, uh, the cantina on Tatooine after this and just sort of chill out, talk about your... Star Wars West End anecdotes. We'll be at the Ivy. <laughs> sure, sure thing. Well, listen, Warwick, it's been brilliant to speak to you and I thoroughly enjoyed the show without any, you know, kind of, uh, there's no ass kissing there. I really, really did see it. So uh, in terms of when people can come and watch you, uh, when can they see it? Well, I'm in it until the 19th of October. Uh, we have one show a day uh, except Sundays and two on a Friday and a Saturday with a lovely 2.30 matinee. Oh, that's fantastic. And I believe you'll sign any body part you're offered. Is that is that true? Uh, I have signed body parts. It's like, I, I, I sort of worry about it a little bit, to be honest, doing that. I mean, I don't mind a hand, but there's, there's other areas of body sometimes offered to me. People have these, uh, these signatures tattooed on them as well. I'll sign it and then they'll come back and see me at another event and they go, look, I don't want my signature. You haven't had a wash. And they go, no, it's tattooed on there forever. Do you find that quite weird? Well, I do, yeah, because I, I, I wish I'd done it a bit neater. You know, got I'm it. out there. I'm on them forever. Yeah. <laughs> is that not what you want? Not really, is it? I've I said don't... that to people before and meant it in a desirous way. <laughs> Let me be on you forever. Oh, that's your chat-up line, is it? Yeah, yeah. Don't anyone else use that. That's patented.
Well, Warwick Davis, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Well, what a cracking interview with my second favourite Warwick after the university I went to, although I imagine you can't interview an inanimate building anyway. Next up, we've got a woman who needs no introduction, but I'll do it anyway because, well, let's face it, it's Maitl Dohan, and I didn't know who she was before I interviewed her. She's the Israeli Lady Gaga. She was on the American show Weeds, uh, on the Israeli Dancing with the Stars. Uh, I could go on. Let me just refer to my notes. Oh, yeah, she's a comedian and a pop star as well. That should give you all you need to know, but just in case, Google her. Maitl Dohan, welcome to the Day oh, Weekly. Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm very well. Can I just say, of all the hundreds of interviews that we've done on this show, this is the first time I feel like I've been upstaged in the clothes section. You look fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. I was working on it, actually. I was uh, looking at your kind of looks and all that. Mm. I was going for upstaging you. Yeah, because normally you dress like a librarian, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Normally bun, I like glasses. a very kind of conservative secretary kind yeah. of look. Yeah, and quite today prim. I wanted more like wild and dangerous. Yeah, so you've literally gone to the other end of the spectrum and yeah. looking like a glamour puss. I also have uh, some more props so we <laughs> can play some role playing. This is excellent. I love Afterwards. a bit of role play. Yeah. I mean, let's not restrict it to being recorded because that can be quite prohibitive. I like to. Explore it, a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, no we're worries. free, not be chained by yeah. societal expectations. Absolutely. I am taken by, uh, and I, I apologise for anyone who's just listening to this, but let me describe uh, what Maytel's got on her arms, which are kind of snaky wristband. They're very Cleopatra. Like Is it? I think it's great. Cool. <laughs> just to kind of frame, you know. Absolutely. I wanted to, to have something really epic when I do this movement. When you frame your fra face with your arm. Because, you know, like sometimes in nonchalant you do stuff like that that looks really natural. Yeah. But yeah. when you do the coaching stuff, they teach you just to do like... I see. Do you know what? It's casual movements that makes you look... What a fool I have been because I've never even <laughs> considered what my face looks like framed by the crook of my arm. And yet, and you have one pretty good one. Yeah, yeah actually, I, mean, I have no worn wonder, a little. No wonder an, you're very an arm attractive. suspender. I know. Incredible. Well, we already have something in common. We do, we do. Smashing arm appendages, <laughs> very nice. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, you do look great. We, I've already Thank mentioned you. your your smashing stockings Thanks. as well. They're very. They're, I mean, for a for a rainy weekday morning. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Brighten up the place. I know, thanks. So, I mean, I've, I've read online, people have compared you to a lot of different people. I know. I mean... It's so confusing because I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're <laughs> kind of a brilliant blend. People have thrown out uh, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Madonna, Debbie Harry. What they're basically saying, I think, is you're a female singer. Uh, one thing that I did notice as well is um, uh, that you're single uh, is out soon. Uh, is, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I thought I'm a single. Oh right. I didn't want to start crying. Well, no. But yeah, my I single. I feel like I've touched right. on a, a, an untapped <laughs> emotional nerve there. Let's talk about that. Yeah, my single. It's called "Give Us Back Love." Mm. Who's taken love though? Who's taken? Yeah. Who are we asking to give? I mean, it back? I, I feeling like the modern world and um, the capitalistic world and, mm. and the technology uh, uh, just pace when everything is so. Uh, fast and people are just kind of running after their own tail um, and people just don't have time to communicate or give m that much priority for relationships or love 
So yeah, well, that's a pretty it's pretty sad. It's a bleak message in many <laughs> ways. So what we basically need to do? It's like you know, I'm kind of like the heavy rock metal bands who actually like preach for. Oh right, you know, like, <laughs> back, you know. Yeah, I, I can see like that. how that would work. Like heavy metal. Yeah, but it's electro pop, soft singing kind of track. <laughs> yeah. So it's combining the two. So you're messages. channeling the philosophy of heavy metal exactly in a completely different genre. Which also a very combines lovey genre. Yeah, and some some family favorite films as well. Yeah, your Rockies, your Harry Potters, <laughs> and the the uh, the kind of the easygoing philosophy of mm-hmm. a beat that. Yeah. On the flip side. Exactly. It's got so many layers to it. <laughs> I hope that whoever has taken love does give it back on the basis of that single now. I know. I mean, you would think when you've put that much. You know, when you meet, it. it's like they give examples in Miami video how to give back love. Go out naked, punch people. Yeah. Give them back love. Take this love! <laughs> I mean, do you have to be naked? Could you be wearing some skimpy underwear? I could if I, have, if I had budget for a stylist. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I don't know why you're pointing at me. This, this mishmashes <laughs> all my own work. It's like, I could. No, I, I, you know, they told me something here that you were involved in the production of Yami on the back end. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm always involved on the back end. That's where I like to hang around. It's just if you want the back end sorted out, get Ben Shires. I mean, you, you probably haven't heard that reputation. It's quite well known in the UK. Um, you ever got the problems again with your back end? Parachute me in. Mm-hmm. I will uh, pat it down. Uh, well, I think uh, we've, we've uh, dabbled in innuendo far more than any other interview I've ever done. <laughs> uh, Maitel Dohan, thank you for coming and speaking to us. That's been It's thank been you. fun, hasn't it? Bye. Army hearties, that was one of the weirdest interviews I've ever done. I don't even know if it was an interview. It felt like I was just being come on to by a pop star. But that's fine with me. The Dave Weekly should be more about that, in my opinion. Producer Joel is shaking his head, but I'm shaking plenty more than that. Anyway, next week we've got more of the same. Although probably not, because it's Giles Brandreth, and that would just be weird. We've also got Marcel Leconte, so who knows what could happen then. In the meantime, you know what to do. Download us, The Dave Weekly on iTunes. Find us on Twitter at join underscore Dave, and me at Ben Shires. Until that time, pod bods, toodles doodles. The Dave Weekly is a Pixie production for Dave, hosted by me, Ben Shires, and produced by Joel Porter. 